When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Well, hello, State Fair audience. We are not Seniors Rock. That was one of the best performances I've ever seen. It was. uh, Way to go, you guys. Crushed it. Tough act to to follow. (laughs) I think, so what you just witnessed here was you had... Kind of a microcosm of what you'll see tonight with the Minnesota Vikings game. Yes. So the Vikings game tonight, you won't see a lot of uh, starters. You won't see probably the best talent. That already happened. That happened. That was preseason game number one. Yep. So then we showed up. (laughs) Yep. And we're basically everybody on the roster that will be cut tonight. Yep. Yep. But we'll get to play. And that also happened within this show, Declan and Jesse. Jesse Pierce, Declan Goff. Judd Zolgad was supposed to be here. He's a late scratch. You have an appendix, so you're allowed to be here. Yep. (laughs) Phil, at one point, we thought, might be here. No. He's also sick. He's also in his dungeon cave in Seattle uh, trying to survive about a COVID. So So you get what you get. Yes, this is true. Uh, For those of you who aren't aware, this is Score North. We are members of Purple Daily. I'm Declan Goff. This is Jesse Pierce. Jesse is uh, the co-host of Before We Die, the latest Vikings podcast on the Purple Daily Podcast Network. We're, of course, on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button, Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. We're on the Apple, the Spotify, the Score North app. Anywhere uh, you get your podcast, you can consume our content. Uh, Guys, we do have a final preseason game. Final one. Ross was uh, kind of previewing it there. So we're two weeks, right? Two weeks from the home opener. And uh, cut-down days coming up. I believe they have to get down to 53 by Tuesday. They're at, like, 80, 75 right now or so. Mm-hmm. So they have, like, 20 more cuts. My St. Cloud math tells me to do there. So <laughs> just a few more cuts to go. Uh, Jesse, do, do you have anything you're looking for? You were telling me on Before We Die this week, you actually want to see them win a, di- uh, win a preseason game for I, once. I think that is a very bare minimum. Let's win a preseason game. As Ross had mentioned earlier, you're not seeing the starters out there. So it's not overly concerning that they haven't won. They are 0-2, losing to the 49ers and the Raiders by close scores, and obviously you've got guys out there looking to make their mark. But yes, I'd like a win in Denver tonight just to say you won a preseason game. You know, I think that uh, that might feel kind of good heading into your opener against the Packers. Roscoe, your skull thoughts? I already have preseason fatigue, and that's what I was going to ask you two about. I'm I'm at the point tonight where I don't want anybody. Uh, well, I don't want anybody to get injured, but especially anybody of significance. Yeah. Yes. I think the goal tonight is just to escape without any massive injury. Probably part of the reason 
why you won't see many starters. Mm-hmm. I I am intrigued to see who is getting a lot of run in the first half because I do think that those are the guys who the, the coaching staff wants to see. Mm-hmm. But I also think, and we've heard Kevin O'Connell talk about this, I think he's gotten a lot just out of the scrimmages and a lot of the practices sure. where these preseason games have really become, I think, secondary to the evaluation. I think this is more about conditioning than anything right? as far yeah. as playing players into shape than actually evaluation. And what I found interesting this week is we, we find out, you mentioned cut down days Tuesday where they got to cut roughly 30 guys. Was there a massive urgency to cut Jordan Berry? Like, did we need to come out and tell the world? Well, I is thought it, we yeah. were going to have a punt off in Denver. <laughs> that sounded fun That to was going to be the 1A topic in this yes. game. Two punters putting up the hang time and coffin corner punting. And no, we're we're not even yeah. going for a punt game. Yeah, we've been deprived of that tonight. Yeah, it it's uh, it, it's not fun. They, so they have rested all of their starters, like all their important starters. They played some of their offensive line uh, in the first game. I think Ed Ingram was the only one of like the presumed week one starters that got run in yep. the second game. Uh, you know, I I think the only like person on that line to watch because actually I don't think Ed Ingram will play on Saturday. Like, I, there's just no point. Like, if he's going to be the week one starter and he's gotten run the first two preseason games, you don't have to play him. Uh, What does Austin Schlotman do? Because Garrett Bradbury is uh, sitting on thin ice, if you will. And I think he's the one who actually has a chance to succeed him if they don't bring in another center, which they probably aren't going to do because J.C. Treader apparently... uh, is being blackballed by the NFL for the Mm -hmm. dumbest reasons I've ever heard. Do you buy that? I do buy it. I think I do buy it, too. Yeah, I do buy it, too. I think there's... I mean, not to go too deep into it because he's not going to be here, but it makes no sense that he's not on some NFL roster. Right. Yeah, he was like... Namely the Vikings, who could absolutely use him because, as you mentioned, Bradbury ain't it, no. right? I mean, Treader would be a ginormous step forward. So, I, I mean, there has to be some semblance of truth so within that. We've talked about this on Before We Die, and I know you've talked about it, on, on the Purple Daily flagship show, Declan. I think one thing that continues to intrigue me throughout this preseason and before we get to week one when the Vikings take on the Packers at U.S. Bank Stadium, I'm, I guess I'm still just mildly baffled that there wasn't more options at center. Mm-hmm. You know, and like they, they knew these guys aren't idiots. They know what the perception of Garrett Bradbury was around the league. They've seen all the tape. They've watched the games. And... It just seems like to have the options that they currently have, again, I'm not saying they're bad options, but they had many better options available to them. And this, mm-hmm. is, this is what we're watching in preseason game number three. Is it going to be Schlotman? Is it going to be Bradbury? Just feels like they could have done some more due diligence here. It does. It feels like they just, and we talked about this on Thursday's episode of Before We Die. You can find that on YouTube and all of your podcast listening uh, apps. But it just, it seems like a massive failure to not address that prominent concern. I mean, you again, as you mentioned, Ross, they've known it's a problem. Bradbury's, I mean, even Garrett Bradbury has to be a little surprised. Like, we're still, still giving me this shot, huh? Because for whatever reason, Vikings management just hasn't addressed that. They haven't focused on that. And I think it just seems very mind-boggling to me as to why not. Like, what yeah. is the reason you aren't <laughs> fixing the problem? Yeah, I feel like revisionist history is going to go to Kwesi and basically say, you know, we uh, probably should have done something in the draft, <laughs> free agency. You know, you can find centers, you know, late day three of the draft, which is, I think, yeah. what really confused me. 
Um, but it's the one ingredient on their offense that needs significant upgrades, right? Like, right. We, can, we can have questions about Kirk if Kirk Cousins is a legitimate QB or not, but their wide receivers are set, their running backs set. Yeah. They got two tackles uh, that, that are, are great offensive linemen, and they haven't been able to crack that top 10 offense. Well, if the interior of that line and your offense has been the weakest link, why wouldn't you go out and fix that? So I right. think that's what we'll have to see and play out during the first few games of the regular season. Do you think the center position is one of the biggest issues that will determine if this is a better-than-10-win team? And the only reason why I ask that is, I mean, you look at Kirk Cousins' history, everybody knows it. He's essentially within a game or two all the time of being 500. Some of that is his fault. Some of it is not his fault. But look at his history here at the Vikings. Every every year, he's roughly between a 7 and 10 win quarterback. If the Vikings are going to take the next step this year, logic would tell you being 11 and 6 or better would help with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that center position as important as pretty much anything else we'll talk about, Minnesota Vikings? I think it will... <laughs> I don't want to say, like, the center is the reason that they go from, like, right, like nine wins right. to, like, 12 wins. But, Ross, I, I think it goes to if they really want to be the top 10 offense because, like, the personnel is too good for it not to be a top 10 offense. So if you're not going to make major changes at the other skill position players, which, by the way, you shouldn't be, right, with, right. with how well their wide receivers, running backs, and hopefully Herb Smith's ready to go. Um, but if you're not going to make a significant change on that front, then – you have to figure out the weakest link, which was the interior offensive line. And, and mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, Ed Ingram steps in. They've had a revolving door of right guards, and they might actually have a stud here and a, and a rookie right guard that they can build around. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I mean, they benched Garrett Bradbury last year. I know he got COVID, but then he eventually lost his job subsequently the next week. So uh, I, I'm a little shocked that they didn't want to go out and, and fix that. Is there anybody else you had mentioned? Ingram, obviously, he's having a heck of a camp, heck of a preseason. Uh, looks like he'll probably be starting week one. Anybody else that's really stuck out to you guys? I know for me, Ty Chandler. you got to make room yeah. on the roster for Ty Chandler. He's had a phenomenal preseason so far. He's one guy. T.Y. McGill, another guy that's been really impressive. Anybody else that you guys are really excited about uh, moving forward? Oh, well, I think I'll echo Ty Chandler, and I think there will be a spot for him on the roster. Wouldn't surprise me. I know this has been talked about, too. Wouldn't surprise me if maybe they find something to do with Madison. Maybe there's a taker that'll give you a late-round pick for him. Uh, I also think Asamo has been uh, a, yeah. A, yeah. just a ton of fun to watch. And I think we'll know how highly the staff thinks of him when you talk about preseason game number three. How much does he play? Yeah, That might actually be a guy who doesn't actually play a lot because they've, they've seen enough. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I would say Chandler and Asamo are probably the ones that I've been the most excited by and wouldn't mind seeing them play well. Right. Yeah, I, I think what you've seen with Chandler is it, it means, like, running backs are kind of expendable. Like, you yes. know, Alexander Madison's a fine backup running back to Dalvin and has played well when Dalvin's missed time. But Kene Nwangwu, Ty Chandler, those are, like, actual explosive players that you can get in space. And, mm-hmm. you know, Alex Madison's kind of still that old-school bell cow, hey, I'm going to get you four yards, running back right up the A-gap kind of back where you have Wangwu and Chandler and Cook who can kind of get in space and create stuff. And, you know, I, I, on the offense, I, I, on that position too, I think the one thing we keep forgetting about, because we keep talking about Kevin O'Connell's offense, the wideouts, Kirk yep. Cousins, the line. I feel like Dalvin Cook's been like this forgotten soldier in the offense because yeah. we want to talk about passing the football and, and making a revolutionary offense. And I think Dalvin Cook, who has obviously been a top five back in the league the last three to four years, mm-hmm. how does he now factor into this Kevin O'Connell offense? And, and is there a next gear to his game? 
I think that's a great point. Would it kill them to pass the ball to him? And I think they will. And that's what I'm talking about is is getting in the football in space and creating opportunities for him to receive the ball, not just be getting getting the ball on second and long for a handoff like it was under Zimmer. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I am. I'm excited to see the new offense, another new face that we will likely see tonight. I mean, almost have to see tonight. Nick Mullins, the new potentially backup QB. Do they make moves for quarterbacks? Are they cutting Mannion today? Is that going to happen, do we think? Are they cutting Mond? What do they do with that backup quarterback situation? Because you do need a strong arm in case Kirk Cousins gets hurt. You have right now nobody, and Mullins is supposed to be the key to that. Yeah, so Mullins, I think, is in day five of being a member of the Vikings, and even during the first, second team drills uh, in practice at TCO on Thursday, Friday, that uh, he was still, Mullins was, was still learning the offense, didn't get many reps. It was Mannion, actually, who was mostly getting the second-team reps with Mon kind of being the scout, Q, uh, scout QB kind of guy. So tonight's game, do they do, like, this three-headed monster, right? And yeah. Mon, Mannion, Mullins is the presumed number two, but is still getting up to speed, too. So right. does he get 10 snaps? Does Mannion and Mon get 15 to 20 snaps? Mm-hmm. I'm curious on that front, because Mullins is probably going to be the presumed QB, too, but... Who uh, who's the third quarterback, and what do they do with Kellen Mond? Uh, you know, if they put him on the practice squad, I do think someone takes a waiver claim on him. I do, too. I think there is always going to be that team. We referenced it earlier while we were chatting on the side that somebody thinks they can fix him. I can fix this guy, right? I can do this. I can do that. So I do. I think somebody picks him up, which is that going to kill the Vikings? No, not necessarily, because I still don't think Kellen Mond will ever really have what it takes to be a starting quarterback. But, yeah, I would agree with you there, Dex, that I think he doesn't clear waivers. I think a team will find room yeah. for him. I think we're unanimous on that. I think it's it's three for three that Mullins is the presumed backup. I think he will be the backup. Also an interesting case to be made in preseason game number three, how much do you really want him out there? Mm-hmm. Does, does it matter too much if he, if he does go out there? Do you worry about the perception if he goes out there for two series and looks completely lost. Not that it really matters what, you know, this shocker, this sounds bad. Some people don't want to hear this. It doesn't really matter what we think or what fans think. It's what the coaches think. <laughs> They're not listening yeah. to us. But do you, really, do you really want people bitter at the backup having seen him just in two bad series? Who knows? Uh, I think Mannion's easily the odd man out. I do believe I that. Hope there's so. just There's yeah. just almost, I can't imagine there's any scenario in which he would still be on the roster after you traded albeit a seventh-round conditional pick for him. Mm-hmm. You did give up something to get somebody else in here. And then logic would point to they'll try and uh, sneak Kellen Mond to the practice squad. And I believe, same thing that you two talked about, they'll try and sneak him, somebody else will grab him. Because this is the NFL and this is professional sports, and somebody thinks they can turn him into being their Tom Brady, right. their next Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Jeez, you know, Mon, Mon was a four-year starter at Texas A&M, pretty damn good school, and, you know, a very <laughs> rigid quarterback, right? Like, he had yeah. this hitch, he's kind of robotic with how he throws the football, and he was a third-round pick, so I think, like, 65th in the draft. So, I mean, there was that initial buzz and excitement, right, and they drafted him in 2021, and I think a lot of the initial thoughts were, oh, succeeding Kirk, succeeding Kirk, and then we kind of saw, oh, wait, this is going to be a project, and then also just kind of watching him even being held hostage, basically, under Mike Zimmer's uh, right. season last year, and even with this year, you know, it might be just too little too late for him to, to make a significant difference, and look, there are tons of college quarterbacks that have been successful. There's only like 15 legitimate NFL quarterbacks in the entire world, right? right? There's 32 teams, and about half of them have a viable option at QB. So I guess if the Vikings' biggest problem, or at least second biggest problem, is 
who is QB3 on the roster and who is the practice squad guy, good problems to have going into the season. Mm-hmm. But you, you certainly still wanted to see someone like Kellen Mond take the next step. Right. Well, and that's just it. Kellen Mond can take a next step, right? Sean Mannion, you know what you're going to get out of him. It's not going to improve. It's not going to change. It's just he is what he is. And that's okay. It's just not working on the NFL scene, right? So yeah. I think that's why Mannion is the guy out. Let's keep talking about Kirk Cousins. Polarizing Kirk-y. figure for Vikings fans. You love him. You hate him. You like that. I don't know. What are your <laughs> thoughts? I think, do we see a different Kirk Cousins under Kevin O'Connell regime? As we know, there was a culture difference between Kirk and Zimmer um, and, you know, enti- the entire locker room. So that has shifted. Do we think Kirk Cousins takes a step forward? Again, you know, love him or hate him, there's still something left to be desired for me from Kirk. Yeah, you, you'd like to think that something can be unlocked with his game, right? Like, he's 30, he just turned 34, 35 years old. He's been in the league for 10 years. He's That's young. I mean, I'm 34. That's it's true, too. Super young. It's very young. young. It's very eat, young. If you eat kale and, uh, you know, cucumbers and sleep in hyperbolic chambers like Tom Brady, you can play till you're 45, essentially. Exactly. Uh, and knowing Kirk with his mystery meat, there might be something in there, too, that he likes to grill. So. Don't forget that, oh, what, Serta mattress? Is that what it is? Uh, yes, yeah, Serta. Sleep number. Sleep pizza number. Ra- you might want to might want to tow down the pizza ranch if he wants to play into his late 30s, okay? That just, just a quick word of advice for number eight. But yeah, you, you'd think that if Kevin O'Connell can kind of lean into him and scheme him differently, that you can change his wiring a little bit. You're not going to change his physical traits. Can you, but can you change anybody who's like 34, 35 years old? No matter if you're a football player or working in IT, like can you change your thinking to get the most out of your job? Right. I don't know. With Kirk Cousins, there's two things that I think about right now as to can he be the quarterback that helps lead the Minnesota Vikings to the Super Bowl and party with that Lombardi in about six months. Can he be that guy? I think you have to hope for two things or look for two things. You hope that O'Connell can do what he and McVay did very similarly with... Sorry Don't about that. Spill. I just got, on, I just got a little bit of coffee. A nice whalers the whalers here. Judd Zolgad oh. is oh my disgusted gosh. by that. That was so bad. Wind, I'm so sorry. You, you hope that what they did with Matt Stafford last year... O'Connell can quickly turn around and do and just incrementally get a little bit more out of Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. The other side that I look at, and this will have to come from just Kirk Cousins himself. I don't know how much that O'Connell would play into this. I have always said the Vikings can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. I think it's hard to do, but I think you can do it. Mm -hmm. A part of that happening is I look at a guy like Joe Flacco. You need to get Kirk Cousins to the playoffs, and he needs to play the best football he has ever played in his life for one month in January into February Mm -hmm. where he doesn't care that his name is Joe Flacco. He doesn't care that his name is Kirk Cousins. He thinks he's Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, and he's just going to go up and down the field. Those, to me, are the two scenarios. Mm -hmm. You get incrementally more out of Kirk Cousins, and the team is a rock star around him, or he gets to the playoffs and is magically Joe Flacco or Eli Manning in one of his Super Bowl runs. Put the ball in Justin Jefferson's hands, right? We all know going to it's easily so easy. be the best wide receiver in the league. Um, you know, I think that's just it. And I think I need to see Kirk step up in those big games. We all know the struggles he have. Thank you. Please, just a little bit more. <laughs> Goodness gracious, Ross over here just such making a, a mess. You're such a diva. <laughs> Um, no, I think you need to see him show up in those primetime games. You need him to be the guy that has the confidence to throw the ball, doesn't hesitate, is able to push it down the field. I just still think that's what I need to see for Kirk to be his best. I think you're right. I think 
hate to say it. It does pay me to say it. I do think they could win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins as the quarterback. I go, I'm a big hockey gal. You guys, if you follow me, know that. I look at the Colorado Avalanche winning with Darcy Kemper in net. He is not yeah. your best goaltender, but that's almost kind of what Kirk could be. He could be yep. a second fiddle. You could, if Justin Jefferson has the phenomenal year we're all expecting him to have, if your offense holds up, your defense holds up, everything else works, Kirk could be the quarterback. I think to Ross's point about the Flacco, let's start with that one. So with Flacco, he went to the playoffs right away, right? Like went to the AFC title game as a rookie season um, and had just had a history of being a playoff performer even before that Super Bowl. And he beat Brady in, at Gillette Stadium the yeah. season before where Kirk didn't get there with, you know, didn't start his first playoff game until 2016 with Washington. Now, he did have a nice game against the Saints in 2019. And he deserves credit for the big throw he made to Adam Thielen in an overtime. And he deserves credit there. With Stafford, it's probably the more accurate one, right? Like, yeah. Stafford was basically being held hostage in Detroit for as long as he was. But he had a, you know, high floor, low ceiling, uh, or a high ceiling, low floor quarterback where he has the ability to shipwreck some games and be extremely aggressive. Kirk, that's not really him. He's not going to force a ball into the tight window. You know, uh, Matt Stafford has a little bit of that gunslinger to him. Kirk is going to, even though he has the ability to make amazing throws he's risk adverse where Stafford says hey there's triple coverage I'm gonna throw the football right so that that's where O'Connell has to kind of unlock Kirk Mm -hmm. and I think that's what we'll have to figure out as the season progresses can Kevin O'Connell change his mindset you're not going to change the physical traits can you change his mindset you know and speaking of Kevin O'Connell is it realistic to put the expectations of a Super Bowl on a first year head coach like that or do you need to you know be patient with him what are your thoughts there, Rob? Uh, I think right now it is because that's sure. what ownership expects out of him. Mm-hmm. That, that's why he's here. Yeah. I mean, that's why him, him and Kwesi are here. They were brought here to win now. If they were brought here to tear it down, they probably would have hired Ryan Poles, who's now at Chicago doing that exact same thing, trading yeah. everybody for picks, yeah. getting to the basement of uh, what they need to spend to field a team this year legally, according to the league. <laughs> so uh, I think it is fair, and, and typically I'm with you. I mean, I think... You have to give a guy typically a year or two, but I think he was he was brought in to win now. That's also mm-hmm. why Kirk Cousins is still here. The Vikings could have moved on. They chose to give him an extension. So, yeah, yeah I will view him differently than I typically will with most first-year head coaches just because of what Declan's talked about, what we all know. The roster's good. They seemingly like the quarterback. Ownership wants to win now. So, yeah, yeah I think... I think the expectation, I don't know if it's fair to ever say you should win a Super Bowl, but I think the expectation is that this team will compete for a Super Bowl. I think it's funny because I think in Minnesota it's hard for us to say that, right? We are very low bar. Bill Guerin said it the other day. He's like, my expectation is not to get out of the first round. It's to win a Stanley Cup. And same thing with the Vikings. You do have to have that mindset that I want to win a Super Bowl. I don't want to make it just to the playoffs. That's not good enough for me. Um, And I think O'Connell does have that approach. I also am just hesitant again I want to be graceful with him like it is his first year he's there everyone's learning this new offensive system which super exciting but then also you have defensemen that I look at Zadarius Smith can he stay healthy can we keep the players healthy that need to stay healthy in order for the defense to thrive as well yeah you know and by the way this is score north purple daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment seven days a week on the score north uh, YouTube page we're on Apple Spotify scorenorth.com hit the subscribe button daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment Declan Goff Jesse Pierce Ross Brendel here up on stage at the great Minnesota get together you know Jesse you bring up the defense because all the headlines are on the offense right. and Zadarius Smith who is apparently I believe the word from Kevin Seifert of ESPN.com was obliterating 
offensive linemen yes. at practice this week. And, you know, him and Daniil Hunter have battled injuries. Like, Zadarius only played one regular season game last year. Daniil has played, like, six over the last two seasons. They're still young. They're still under 30 years old. But that defense is still like a work in progress. Mm-hmm. But I think those are the two dudes that are going to make the hay and make the bread and butter. Because if they're not getting after the quarterback, well, that defense is probably going to have a real rough time. Right. If they stay healthy, Declan, and let's go back to 2017. This is a bit of a preposterous statement here, so I understand That's that. But the I'll, station, huh? I'll lead with... <laughs> Well played. Well played. This is a bit of a reach for a statement. The Vikings, the last time they appeared in the NFC Championship game, throw out the quarterback being injured and the running back being injured. They were incredibly healthy that season. Yep. Yep. That, to me, is a huge part of the success of this team. Mm -hmm. If Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith stay healthy and they're causing nightmares for quarterbacks all season long... Well, that automatically makes your offense better because you're probably getting some three and outs. You're probably forcing some turnovers. Mm -hmm. It's going to help that secondary, which I don't want. It's not questionable. Yeah. But I don't think it's really good. It's not scary. Yeah. There's no roads closed. Let's put let's put it that way. I, I think health on both sides of the ball and I guess including special teams into that is incredibly important for this team because they're still trying to build up depth. You know, you go back to Quasi's draft. Not everybody loved trading with the Packers and the Lions. I'm still kind of on the fence about it. I like to let drafts play out. I'll, I'll let you know in a year or two how I felt about those moves. But a part of those moves were trying to acquire extra picks mm-hmm. so you could get more depth. And I don't know if you want to test that depth right now in year one. So I think the health of this team is very important, but especially when it comes to Smith and Hunter. I mean, mm-hmm. Hunter hasn't been healthy now in what? Two seasons, seasons, almost three seasons. Let's hope he can stay healthy. And Smith had back surgery, right, in the offseason? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. So back in the playoff game. Yep, so it's a little, again, you're relying on those guys to be fully healthy. Because if they are, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about the deal. Like, that's great. But I have that aching concern about health. Sure. Yeah, the the rookie class, too, to Ross's point. So outside of Ed Ingram... I don't think there's going to be a starter in week one from that class. Like, Ed Ingram's probably going to be a week one starter at right guard. Mm-hmm. Lewis Seen uh, probably won't start, but will still get significant run in packages and plays. So yep. I'm not saying Rotation. he's going to be inactive. Mm-hmm. But I think with the rookie class, you're actually going to see a pretty close to an immediate impact just from a contribution standpoint, yeah. even if they're not starting. Because Lewis Seen has this, like, crazy hybrid role where he can be a safety, a linebacker, mm-hmm. even a slot corner. And we talked about uh, Ty Chandler. We've talked about... Um, you know, other guys Booth like Andrew is gonna Booth is probably going to be someone yep. that can get in there. So there might there might be only one starter in in week one from that rookie class. But actually, I think there's contributors all over the board to it. Do you guys have any? I'm sorry, Jesse. Do you guys have any NFC hot takes or even like divisional takes? I don't think the Bears yeah. will be as brutal as we all expect. See, I think the Lions are going to be better than we expect. Is I think it just the Bears because are you're be watching uh, Hard well, Knocks and you're really a, digging yes, the I, approach. I do have an affinity <laughs> for a man, Campbell. I'm yes. not putting oh, the good. Bears on like seven plus wins. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But I don't think this is going to. I don't think they're going to be a three and fourteen brutally bad team. Partially because I mean, is there any doubt in our minds that the Vikings will go to Soldier Field and struggle to win there? They always do. Yeah, they, they always, always do. do right. Always so do. that's one potential win for the Bears right there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think from the NFC, you know, hot take standpoint is there's no one on top. Like, there's no one on top that I'm scared of. Like, yeah, I know the Rams won a Super Bowl last year. 
but they're also they went a whole month into November without winning a football game. Kevin yeah. O'Connell came on Purple Daily and talked about that. They went 33 days without a regular season win last year. That team still won the Super Bowl. Right. You know the Bucks with Tom Brady. I have no idea what the hell's going on. He, he <laughs> Giselle's obviously still pissed that he came back. Uh, so I, I and the Packers. I love to say it because I've said it three years in a row, and I think it actually happens this year. Regression has to come. They've won 12 to 13 games for three four years in a row. Resident Cheesehead, Jesse, I thought I was the Packer fan, okay? (laughs) I thought I was the one who always— I still think the division goes through Green Bay. I hate to say it. I do. It pains me. It hurts. I know. I'm sorry, guys. It's the most rise we've gotten out out of anybody since we've been here. They're alive. We're out here. Why don't you lead them in a go-pack-go chant, No, I hate it, but I just think they're. I think Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. If, I think Lazard is going to be good. I know. I just. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I want. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I just. We'll see. Game one, too. Couldn't be a better matchup to kick off the year with Vikings and Green Bay here the, in Minnesota. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a heck of a time. I think if. Minnesota comes out on top, then maybe I'm a little less concerned about the division going through. If the Packers go back to the NFC Championship game, I will do whatever it takes to find Blue of the Earth's sister <laughs> so she can turn my life around if she can help keep uh, keep Aaron's prime going. Uh, I, I tend to agree with you that until they're dethroned, you have to say that they will win sure. the NFC North. I agree. And I still keep thinking in my head, the reason why I asked earlier, what do the Vikings need to do to win more than 10 games? I think stuff would really have to go wrong for the Packers to win less than 10 games. So I think the number you probably have to get to to feel comfortable that you'll win the NFC North is you might have to go 12 and 5, 11 and 6. Yeah. And I don't know. I still think the Packers will go at least 10 and 7. So yeah. if you want to win the division, I think you got to win 11 or 12 games and some of this I think, you know, Aaron's we've heard a lot from him not to turn this into uh, you know, <laughs> Green Daily, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's, you know, he's talked a lot about not being, not, that's actually probably a different podcast. It probably is, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was at you know, St. Cloud with my time, yeah, Green he's, Daily. He's, he's talked a lot about, you know, just not loving what's happening with the wide receivers. Some of that, I think, is him just motivating them. It's it's Aaron Rodgers. He'll, he'll throw guys open. I think they'll be fine. So, uh, long way around the block to tell you, I still do think until they're dethroned, you have to say that it'll be Green Bay's division. I'll regain my, my purple status here, guys, <laughs> for you. Give you a little Viking hope. The schedule is very favorable for Minnesota to be successful this year. That is there what's we exciting. There, there we, we go. go, She guys. got him back. Come on in. Uh, school. <laughs> but, uh, no, I do. I mean, that is exciting. I think, I mean, Minnesota and Green Bay are the two teams that will duke it out for that top spot without question. I don't think, as Declan had said earlier, there's really anybody that scares me. Yeah. I think the scheduling for Minnesota looks good. Thor, my, my co-part on uh, Before We Die, which is on Purple Daily and Score North. Go check it out. Uh, he thinks the Vikings are winning 12 games. He's steadfast on that. And Kool-Aid. as Ross said, it's possible. Do, your, your love for the Lions, is this because of hard knocks? Or why, no. why do you think they'll be better? I, so well, I, what has Jared Goff shown you since he oh, appeared in a Super Bowl? I'm not Bowl? related to him, by the way. I have no relation to Jared Goff, despite us sharing the same last name. Um, I, I just think they've, their roster is built out a little lot, is a lot better now. Yeah, and, it's not bad. And you, you just like to think, after years of being inept, that they're finally going to do something, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, and, and the Bears are, Bears are clear-cut the worst team in, in the NFC North right now. So... You know, to the point of there's no one on top of the NFC, but there is a ton of parity. You know, outside of the NFC East, which I think is going to be a gong show this year, uh, th- there is a ton of teams in the mix 
to potentially have the number one spot in the NFC. Like, I, that's why I don't think it's locked down by anyone. Um, so if, if the Vikings can be that team, we'll see. I think they're a playoff team. I think they can go, step in and, and be that. But uh, but I'm, I'm curious to see who emerges out of the NFC as the favorite because I don't really think there is the favorite in the NFC. Right. What do we need to see tonight then again? Minnesota's final preseason game at Denver, 8 p.m. Central. What needs to happen? I, I said it earlier. I want to win, right? Like, I just want a preseason <laughs> win. Let's start there. But what in particular do you need to see that will really get you excited as they close out preseason and get ready for Green Bay to open? I'd say, number one, stay healthy. You know, if, uh, if, if Ed Ingram is going to play, like, for God's sakes, please don't lose your, you know, presumed <laughs> starting right guard and, and, and right guard of the future to a, to a fluke injury. And then... If you know, it they, happens, blame Goff. And blame yeah. me. Blame me for that happening. But I, I just think you want to see like those skill position players like Wang Wu or even like Amir Smith Marset step up and, and get you encouraged. And you know, I, I think the NFL and Judd's talked about this a lot is I think they're eventually just gonna trickle down. Like they're gonna have two preseason games, maybe eventually add that other regular season game to get them to the round number of eighteen, and then they'll probably have two buys involved. So, you know, I, I the, the, this third preseason game, I'm, I'm, I'm the thing I'm looking forward to most is when it's over, because then we're de- like, yes. to ju- like I'm, at, I, have the, I have the preseason fatigue like Judd, so or like uh, like Rastas too. So <laughs> yes. I, I just want it to be over. Um, but you know, to Jesse's point of the schedule being favorable, you know, if you want to look at quarterback against quarterback matchups, which I know we don't love to do, you know, Rodgers will be favored against Cousins because that's just kind of how it goes. And then they play the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo against Josh Allen. Outside of that, you can make a case Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than, you know, the 11 other teams they're going to face this season. And if the Vikings defense holds up, that's a different equation in question. But they actually do have a pretty favorable schedule. They should hopefully get to the 10-win mark. I know mm-hmm. Vegas is kind of buying them at 9.5, which means are you going to take the over and are they going to be a double-digit win team? Right. So Declan just stole mine, so I'll give you. Mine was just looking forward to it being over. But I will give you two things that I do think are pretty important. If Nick Mullins plays tonight or gets any significant time, I think we'd like to see him just look competent. You know, if they ask you to make a few easy throws where you an NFL quarterback should be able to make it, make it. And I actually think it's pretty important that the, you might laugh, but I think it's pretty important that Ryan Wright looks good tonight holding. That's, yeah. that's allegedly mm-hmm. been go. his issue in training camp. And if you're going to cut Jordan Berry, who had, had good r- rapport, so to speak, with the place kicker last year, I think, you, I think that's almost more important than his punting. Does he, does he get it down? Is it being held the way the kicker likes it? Can we avoid any disasters tonight heading into the regular season there? So the way the punter holds the football, that's what you're looking for tonight. Laces out. Judd has uh, the DEFCON levels on the holder at DEFCON 2, which if you're not familiar with DEFCON levels, that means the Air Force is ready to mobilize in 15 minutes. I think, so, I think Jordan Berry basically just said, okay, you'll be calling me in week three. Yeah. He probably will get a job, too. He's been a fine punter. But it's also, like, the seventh punter in, like, eight seasons for the Vikings. I think only two years since 2015 have they had the same punter back-to-back years. And, you know, I don't want to get too hung up on the punter. But the holder position, we have we have Vikings kicking, you know, fear all, yeah. the, t- yeah. all the damn time. And even with... Uh, with, with the Vikings kicking situation getting better in training how, camp, you don't want to see a kicker push one wide left or right. How haunted are we that you watch, okay, I don't want to predict doom and gloom, but if the Vikings have another heartbreak in the NFC Championship game, you watch. This year it won't even be because the field goal was missed. It will be because the hold was dry. <laughs> I swear to God. I just, that is torture. I, Absolute torture right do you, there. Do you want to, should we let, oh, I know Declan's done a few. Should we do a before we die, before 
before we wrap this up here? Do you have any yeah. before we dies? Before we dies, uh, let's see here. I, I told Jesse on on uh, Thursday's podcast, Ross, you'll appreciate this. Uh, I just want to see the Twins win a damn playoff game. <laughs> it's no, not going to be this. We, year. we talked. We talked about. Uh, we talked about them not winning a playoff game in 18 years. I, I was 11. I turned 30 in a few months. I was 11 <laughs> years old the last time they won a playoff game. And it looks like they're going to bleep, them, bleep, bleep themselves from not, uh, from not getting a playoff spot this year. So, I don't even know how. I'm yeah. still baffled as to how they're down in the division. Uh, before we die, I'm trying to think of one I can do here tonight. Because uh, I was at the fairgrounds here yesterday. I got to the garlic fries. I used to work at the ballpark cafe in my high school youth. I, I would smell so much like garlic. My mother would lay out clothes in the garage <laughs> for me to be changed into because I smelled so bad. And I could smell garlic in my fingertips until like Thanksgiving every year, Oh, which was pretty rough. Delicious fries, but just very pungent. Uh, so I guess before, before I die, I actually, I didn't get a funnel cake. That's like one of my okay. State Fair cave staples. So before I die today, I would love to get a funnel cake at the State Fair. I like it. I like it. Before I die, I'll keep a sports theme. I'll go back to sports. I think I've said this on our podcast episode, but I'm going to double down on it. There will be two championship men's teams in this state before I die at the same time. So whether it's going to be the Twins wow. in the Wild, Vikings in the Wild, I'm gonna, the Wild are going to win. They're going to win one, and then somebody else will win two. That's my before I die. What about the Wolves? Oh. You buying wolves for How long nah. do you plan on living? That's what I, I want to know. I'm going to live forever. But <laughs> Is this <laughs> soon in the next few years, <laughs> or do I got to wait 50, Hopefully. 60 years? Good things, good things are happening. I, mean, uh, I feel it. I'll, I'll promote something else that I love. I love Gopher football. They open with New Sky Mexico Ma. State on Thursday. Sky, row the boat, Sky Imago Gophers. <laughs> uh, one of these years before I die, the Minnesota Vikings will – Minnesota Vikings, wow. The Minnesota Golden Gophers will open with St. Thomas at U.S. Bank Stadium. Oh, wow. Oh, I like that. Okay. Okay. Before I die. Interesting. Both athletic departments claim that they have no interest in it. That's a lie. Yeah, It'll know, happen. Ross well, it's gonna be it would be a situation similar to like the Saints and the North Stars, right? Like it's yeah. not gonna help yeah, the yeah, Gophers yeah. to have that. No, like the no, Gophers it, don't want that. It really helps Saints. It, it doesn't really benefit the Gophers, but it'll happen. Also, I'm yeah. gonna tack on another one. Before I die, PJ Fleck, Jerry Kill, headline WrestleMania. Oh, that'd be a <laughs> phenomenal. We deserve a WrestleMania. Put it at TCF Bank Stadium for all I care. Ross, yeah. was, uh, you were the host of the uh, infamous and cult following of the Score North Gopher <laughs> yeah. Show, Once Upon a Time. Uh, I have a buddy who has a, a very significant bet that the Gophers will hit their over this season. I could, like, wow. He has laid down significant money because uh, they, they have a pretty favorable schedule. Yeah. What, what did he get that at? What was the over he bet at? Uh, I, I, was it eight and a half? I, I think? think that's what I saw. I think it was was eight, eight so half. it can be a nine-win <laughs> team, which... They should be a nine-win team, for God's sakes. Uh, so to, to wrap this up and to turn this into a Gopher show as, as we close <laughs> out, uh, what are your Golden Gophers going to finish with this year, Ross? You know, I'm actually probably on the lower side. I, I would say I think eight and four is possible. I think they're somewhere between eight and four and ten and two. I think we'll learn a lot if they can actually get it done and beat Iowa this year at home, which I, which I do expect. Wisconsin's always going to be tough, but I will point out, uh, throughout the COVID year, they haven't lost to Wisconsin in basically four years. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know, Declan. I, I, it's, it's a great question. I don't know how much we'll learn from the non-conference. Again, let's win some games and stay healthy. But I, yeah. I do expect them to be pretty good. It wouldn't shock me if they win the West. It really wouldn't. But to do that, to win the West and guarantee yourself being there, you probably have to beat both Wisconsin and Iowa in the same year. So if the Gophers get past Iowa, okay. Great. Tall order. Let's that's go. in Iowa, right, this year? No, it's, it's back here this that's year. back here this it's year. Well, that's ki- at least helpful. We like to call it Kinnick North. 
So yeah, they'll close the season at Wisconsin. They're they're home against Iowa. Pretty favorable non-conference. Yes, I, I do think uh, eight to nine wins should be should be a given for those Golden Gophers. Are you gonna come join oh. me at one of these games? I could do a tailgate. I don't do college football. What? I I, oh, I if, love if my if football. my Sundays are consumed with football, I'm not doing it on Saturdays. And also. College football takes like four and a half hours. They it's, talk about baseball being slow. It's it, it's, it's it's five hours. It has a. I could travel from Minnesota to California, and the game's still going on. It has a definite pace of play problem. Yeah, it 100%. does. Why are we stopping the clock with the with the chain? So that's uh, that's my college football take. Uh, thank you for everyone for coming out here today. This is Score North and Purple Daily. I'm Declan Goff, Jesse Pierce, Ross Brendel. Hit the subscribe button. Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. Appreciate you guys. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. No, nice. oh, how about that? What, got that, is what was that? I missed wow. it. Show it again. One I was more looking time. At the crowd. What do we got? We've got a Vikings oh tattoo. Wow. What a champion. Let's I tattoo love it, that sir. on Judd if they win the Super Bowl. Okay. Yes. Gentleman in front of us just showed us his uh, his midriff. He has a he has a Vikings tattoo. Judd has a nice scar from his appendectomy. We just started right there, baby. I love it. I Let's love put a tat over over that. So right. obviously, a big Vikings fan. Are they winning the Super Bowl this year? No. <laughs> no, he says no. But they're tattooed true. for life. We're tattooed for life. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Will no they kidding. win more than ten games? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Okay. This guy is more negative than any yeah. of us up here. Yeah. 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 He's a, a realist. I like it. I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> it's it's true. So Hashtag true. depth. Depth is uh, yep. depth is a big thing. All right, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> appreciate you. everyone. Enjoy the yeah, fair. Thanks, guys. Thank You're you. awesome.